Hello, my friend, and welcome to another episode of Negotiate Anything. Thanks for spending time with us today. It's listeners like you in 181 different countries that have made Negotiate Anything the most popular negotiation and conflict resolution podcast in the world. I'm your host, Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer, mediator, professor, and the director of the American Negotiation Institute. Before we get started, I have two quick questions for you. Is negotiation a critical part of what you do? Do you need to resolve conflict and persuade at work? If you answered yes to both of those questions, visit our website to learn more about our negotiation workshops. We've traveled the country working with professionals just like you, and we'd love to have the opportunity to work with you too. Check out the link in the description to learn more. Catherine, it is good to have you back. Thanks for joining us today. Always a pleasure, Kwame. And so for the listeners who did not listen to your fantastic episode last week, Can you tell them a little bit about what you do? Uh, Absolutely. So I am the communications and operations manager uh, here at the American Negotiation Institute. And my background is in nursing. And I'm also a mediator. And I use that to talk about the issues concerning women when it comes to negotiation and having difficult conversations. Fantastic. And again, your podcast is going live tomorrow. So tell them about the show. Yeah. So the podcast, Ask With Confidence, it's going live. We have some really great guests that have already been on it, and I'm really excited for everybody to join. Fantastic. Yeah, I am excited to listen. And so today, we are going to talk about three things as it relates to women in negotiation. So what are the three topics we're going to cover today? So we're looking at the concerns that a lot of the major concerns that women have when it comes to negotiation. So in particular, identifying our strengths, adjusting our our weaknesses, and then also how do we build confidence? Well, perfect. All right. So we're starting off with identifying your strengths. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So, and disclaimer here, you know, a lot of this stuff is generalized for the majority. You know, not all of these are going to pertain to all women, just like not everything pertains to all men. So when it comes to identifying strengths, a lot of this is just women not realizing that they have strengths or or not seeing the opportunities that they have. A lot of the information out there on negotiation and conflict management is put out by men. And so there's some confirmation bias coming from women of of how could a male possibly know what I'm experiencing and, and give me the tools that I need. But when you think about the information being put out and you're looking at the tools that they are using, I'm going to use your compassionate curiosity framework, for example, a lot of these steps are areas that women really exceed and excel. So in the compassionate curiosity framework, your first step is acknowledge and validate emotions. Women are generally better at that emotional component. We are generally more nurturing and able to kind of tune into that. And that also goes into your second step of get curious with compassion. Again, there's an emotional component there that you use in order to connect with people on a personal level. And then finally, your third step is a joint problem solving. And in studies, women do better on team-based tasks than men. Yeah, that's interesting. And the book that I like to reference is Women Don't Ask by Linda Babcock and Sarah Lashver. And um, yeah, that study was really interesting where they said when it comes to collaborative negotiation techniques or the utilization of collaborative negotiation techniques, In laboratory studies, women tend to do better because of value creation. Men often tend to be too competitive and don't take the time to build the relationship and create more value. So yeah, that's a really, really great point. And now that we know this, how do we make this actionable for the listeners? So when it comes to making this actionable, 
it's looking at what is already put out there of how you go through the steps. So again, using your compassionate curiosity framework, you lay out all the steps. Those are already things that work for both men and women. It's just strengths that women have or tend to have more of than men. So when you talk about ask and validate emotions, that's active listening. And it's not a gender thing. That's active listening. Women just generally do better at that. So it's not looking at what does a man versus a woman have to do differently when it comes to these steps. It's just realizing that you have these strengths. I think a lot of times women don't even notice that these are things that they are better at just because we don't see those negotiation opportunities as readily as, as men do. You know, it's interesting. It's as you're saying this, it's sounding very familiar because you wrote an article on this. The way that women negotiate is the way that we should all negotiate. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll put a link to that in the uh, description here so you all can check it out. Fantastic article, by the way. But yeah, I think what I really like about your approach is that you're simplifying the process because a lot of times people overthink, okay, well, I fall into this category and this subcategory. So somebody in my position should negotiate in this particular way. And what you're often doing is adding unnecessary layers of complexity. I like how your approach is based in strengths and then moving on from there. Yeah. So there's a lot of shoulds in that. You know, what works for one person is might work differently for somebody else. So it's just looking at what are all the tools around you and the trial by error and really honing in on your own individual strengths. I don't want to say all women should do this or all women do better at this. So it's really looking at your own individualized strengths and what tools specifically work for you uh, in, in a trial and error process. That's fantastic. Fantastic. And I think this is a good opportunity for us to switch gears and move on to your second point, which is adjusting your weaknesses. What do you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. So after talking about all the strengths that women have, I don't just want to leave it as, as there are no differences between men and women, because there are. There is something to be said that there are areas that women struggle, and a lot of this has to do with how our society has been groomed and the biases and stereotypes just kind of put upon us by society. So one of those areas of weaknesses, and you addressed a really great book by Linda Babcock. It's an excellent reference for this. One of the biggest areas that women are facing weaknesses is they simply aren't as aggressive when they ask for things. So for example, in a salary negotiation, a, a man might start with a higher anchor point than a female, and therefore women are getting less than what a man would, and that is, leads to worse outcomes for the female. Yeah, and I really like this point because for the listeners of the show who've been with the show for a while, I think it was in August of 2016 or 2017, I put an episode out on anchoring, the, the tactic of anchoring where you're making the most aggressive request that you can reasonably justify. And studies upon study upon study have shown that this is one of the most powerful persuasive techniques. And if you're not as aggressive as you potentially could be, in your request is going to have a negative impact on the outcomes. And salary negotiation is one of the, uh, the biggest points. Again, referencing that book, I think it was, according to their statistics, men were four times more likely to even make a request when it came to salary negotiation. And then when they did make that request, they were more aggressive, which led to better outcomes in those negotiations. I do want to say that not being aggressive is not always bad because being perceived as aggressive does seem to limit women in negotiations. And one way to kind of combat this is one, do your research. So know your value and what you are worth, whether that's looking through a site like Glassdoor 
for positions in your field and with your number of years of experience. Another thing that somebody recommended was, you know, add 5% to whatever you're asking and just adding that 5% cushion so that way you are asking in a more aggressive manner. Does your company invest in professional development training? If you believe that your team would benefit from a negotiation workshop, all you need to do is go to our website, fill out the workshop request form, and then we'll set up a time to chat. These workshops are completely customizable and we've done them all around the country. Negotiation and conflict resolution skills are beneficial across all professions, but they're especially useful in procurement, purchasing, sales, sourcing, and contract management. Our calendar is filling up quickly and we even have some workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I'd suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more. And now, back to the show. It's really interesting. And and yeah, I agree. The times when it's necessary to be a little bit more aggressive, those are the times when we're doing value claiming. But again, going back to that book, when it comes to value creation, that collaborative approach, that's when you can have that approach that is a little bit softer, focusing on the relationship. And I think the key is determining when you need to bring which skill to the fore. And so can you speak a little bit to the line between aggressive and assertive? Because I've heard just doing these presentations, uh, a few people have voiced the concern about they don't want to appear too aggressive in these negotiations. So how do you reconcile the fact that you need to ask for more with the possibility of being perceived as too aggressive for the other side? What's, what's the line? So that line is not very clear. And again, a lot of that has to do with stereotypes and just the way our society is. There was actually a study done where they had groups of men and women listen to an ask from a woman. And both of those male and female groups perceived that ask when done in a more assertive manner as aggressive. So it's not just coming from males, but it comes from both sides just because of the stereotypes and and biases in our society and kind of how we've been programmed. So what you're saying is that according to these studies, when a female asks for something in an assertive manner, let's say for the for the sake of argument, in with the same approach that a man would in an assertive manner, it is perceived more negatively in that she's seen as aggressive where the man is seen as assertive. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Okay. And that's really difficult. So here's the question. As it relates to the outcome, is it worth the risk? Yeah. So there are things that you can do to not appear so, quote unquote, aggressive. For women, it works really well to pair a positive behavior after you ask for something assertive. You use something positive like smile or give the other person a compliment, something like that. So that way the ask doesn't have that negative feeling. And I want to use the term assertively because it's not being aggressive. It's just standing up for yourself. And it is worth the risk because when you ask more, you get more. But on the flip side of that, there are also studies that show that when you add that positive behavior to your ask, people take that as a sign of weakness of, oh, well, I can push them further and get more what I want. And that was in a a Harvard Business Review, that study. And so it's it's almost a catch-22. You're, you're darned if you do and darned if you don't. But the way I see around it is that if you establish 
all that positivity and niceness in the beginning. So when you are building that relationship and, and building the trust and with the other party, that's where your positivity, the foundation for your positivity needs to be. And and then once the conversation transitions into that more serious aspect where you need to ask and, and be assertive, then you just do it in a matter of fact tone. Because once you've already laid the groundwork for that relationship, it will be able to withstand you asking for something and you will still be perceived as, oh, well, I like that person. Oh, well, I trust that person. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I really enjoyed that Harvard Business Review article. And I'll post a link in the uh, description too. I, I did a video response because I know a lot of people were saying that they were a bit confused by it because I think it, it was an intentionally provocative title, how being nice in negotiations can backfire. But it's a, all about finding that line because there's a portion of the conversation that is going to be allocated toward building the relationship, making the environment a little bit more positive. And then eventually you transition to a part of the conversation where it's distributive. At some point, especially in the business world, we're going to have a portion of the conversation where me paying more money means more money for you and less money for me, right? It is that zero-sum reality where at some point we have to divide the pie. We can't just spend our entire time expanding the pie through value creation. And so being nice as you're expanding the pie and building the relationship and friendly is good. But then you have to be assertive when it comes to your request. And that's a difficult line for people. But I think when you think about it in terms of value creation and value distribution, it becomes a little bit clearer. Yeah, absolutely. And that being said, you know, there's always going to be that person that will just see you as aggressive. And unfortunately, that happens a lot more for women. And that's not necessarily on us. You know, that's that's on them. One of the things that you can do to kind of help with that is is frame the conversation before you ask in a way that you acknowledge that it's a difficult conversation. So saying, hey, I really like working with you. I really want to continue this relationship. But I also know that I have a budget limit and this is what I need to work with. And so that will lessen the likelihood of, of them perceiving you as aggressive. Yeah, no, I, I really like that point. And I like you said, if a male asks for something assertively and a female asks for something assertively, the female is more likely to be seen as aggressive. And the reality is that if you do everything perfectly, they might still see you that way. And so it comes down to the question of whether or not you're willing to compromise what you need in order to make people feel better <laughs> about themselves and the situation. And I don't think, of course, let me say it this way, that's a question that everybody needs to answer for themselves. But for me, I'm not willing to compromise just because of somebody's bias against me. Yeah. And, and that's an individual and personalized choice. If you want to concede more to preserve that relationship, that is up to you. But then again, you know, if you're trying to get ahead in your position, and then sometimes you, you do need to make those more assertive asks. Perfect. No, I love it. Great. And now let's go to number three, the third point you, you made about building confidence. Yeah. So a lot of times women aren't seeing the opportunities to negotiate. So they're feeling like, well, I don't negotiate very much in my life and therefore I don't have the practice or I don't feel like I know what I'm doing. All those kind of questioning their abilities. So it's important that you recognize, you know, one, the areas where you do negotiate. We have lots of different micro negotiations, whether it's with your kids or your partner, there are all different kind of areas where, where you can make those asks. It doesn't necessarily have to be that big, scary, 
high stakes ask. So when it comes to building confidence, because it's an area that a lot of women feel that they're lacking, the best ways to do is one, just start and also practice. Do your research and and then just start practicing. Use those micro negotiations and those low stake negotiations as ways to help you get better. I think about it kind of like riding a bike. You know, you start out not really knowing how to do it. It's uncomfortable. It's wobbly. But then as you do it more, then it just becomes an ingrained habit. Yeah, I like the point that you made because one of the biggest problems people have with negotiation is a lack of negotiation awareness. They just don't realize that they're happening all the time. And these are daily practice opportunities. I think Melissa Hereford, one of our guests and a negotiation expert, you should all check out. She's fantastic. She says negotiations are just everyday conversations. And that's really it. And really, these conversations that seem to be low stakes can actually have significant impacts on your livelihood. And again, one of the books, I forget which book it was, but they were talking about the negotiation between a male and female in a relationship. And so they found that even though they're just as likely to work outside of the home, the female is more likely to do the vast majority of the housework. And those are negotiable opportunities. You can negotiate with your partner for them to carry a little bit more of the burden of household responsibilities. And it might seem like it's small, but it's significant. Yeah. And I mean, that's just an opportunity to practice. And so that way, once you start seeing those difficult conversations as just conversations, whether it's not on a fun topic or it is a fun topic, it's all just communication. And when you start to take advantage of those opportunities, your life outcomes can turn around significantly. Yeah, many, many people struggle with and and always say, well, I will be able to do that once I get more confidence, like they're waiting for a giant bolt of lightning to strike them out of the sky and and just give them this confidence. But confidence is, is built when you have the experience and the knowledge and you have to build it. It doesn't just appear. Fantastic. And one last point on the, the the point of confidence. What's the name of the podcast called again? Ask with Confidence. Oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, perfect. Fantastic. Well, Catherine, again, thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate it. We're looking forward to catching you tomorrow in the launch of your fantastic new podcast. That's exciting. And again, I'll post a link in the description so you all can check that out. And listen to some more fantastic high-level content from the American Negotiation Institute. Thanks again for coming on, Catherine. We appreciate it. Thank you, Kwame. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. If you're liking what you're hearing, please leave a review and subscribe and tell your friends. Our goal is to help as many people as possible. And when you leave reviews, it makes it easier for people to find us in the searches. Thanks again for being a listener. I'll catch you in the next one.